This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments with my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. All right, and uh, to continue the holiday spirit, we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. All right. <laughs> Very Jeff. Christmassy. And, uh, it is yeah. It's got snow. I couldn't think of any other Christmas movies. I wasn't going to do Christmas Story, so whatever. We're talking about The Thing. You know nothing, McCready. <laughs> So first off, um, I guess just get your guys' overall opinions of this movie. You guys, I'm assuming you guys like it, but is it up there with your top Carpenter movies? Uh, or? All all time favorite horror movie. Favorite horror movie. Yeah. Not even Carpenter. Just all. Just all time favorite horror movie. Horror movie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I consider it a classic. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult to tell people, oh, you have to watch this movie, even though I do it all the time. But but I but with if if you're gonna make a list of it's one of your tropes. If you're going to make a list of movies you know, that people should definitely sit down and watch, this is one of them. Mm-hmm. But as far as Carpenter goes, it's my second favorite. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Was that because Big Trouble? Yeah, Big, Big, Big Trouble in China is pretty well, tough. Well, Ghost to beat. of Mars. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. How could you forget? Yeah. I never even saw that movie. But yeah, Carpenter had that that awesome run. We talked about this over previous podcasts, but mm-hmm. yeah. this picture of a little China escape from LA. I mean, New York. Yeah, LA's yeah. Not good. LA is not good. Uh, you know, Halloween. So, yep. Alex? Uh, again, I, I will have to agree with Scott. Second favorite Carpenter movie Big Trouble in Little China, number one. And uh, I think I'm going to say third favorite horror movie. Okay. Because it doesn't, I mean, I saw it when I was adult, so it freaked me out, but I wasn't at the edge of my seat scared for most of it. Okay. And for me, yeah, it's not my favorite horror movie because I consider Jaws a horror movie, and so I would put that in front of it and maybe even... I might even put Halloween in front of it. It's whatever. That you just mentioned the John Carpenter run of movies. Those are also awesome. It's hard to rank, but I love the thing. And this is something so that good. I do watch once a year at least. All right. So, you know, I don't like going over the whole <laughs> thing, but just the, the beginning is the, the plot is a bunch of dudes uh, in Antarctica at a research base. It's such, such a great setting, too. Yeah. Like they. They have the perfect reason to already be tense. They've been stuck out there for however long it is. Just a bunch of dudes in the middle of nowhere and it's freezing. Yeah. It's cabin in the woods. It's no one in space can hear you scream. That's set up, right? Yeah. You're in the middle of Antarctica. It's isolated. And, and again, uh, just totally a bunch of dudes. The The only yep. female in the entire movie is the voice of the chess machine. And she's removed very early on in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, she just very early on the first season. Yeah, they <laughs> she just uh, wanted a little drink. That's all. They, they basically put in short that there's going to be no love interest, no damsels in distress, anything like that. No. 
So yeah, you have him there. Yeah, it shows. I mean, the, the main character is Kurt Russell. Um, was it McCready? Yeah. Um, With that <laughs> sombrero that he wears outside. <laughs> yeah. But to even it really is an ensemble piece, an ensemble piece. So even if he is the main guy, it's still he doesn't have that much more screen time right. than everybody. I would say. And, you know, he obviously gets his moments to be badass, but so does uh, Keith David. Keith David. And, Windows. Willard Wilford Brimley. Oh, oh has all time best scenes. We'll get to that. I'm, I'm all I'm all better now. <laughs> really, I just want to leave. I want I want out. Hey man, I'm, I'm cold. Freaking yeah. noose hanging. In the yeah, God, so good. And they just ignore him too. And they just shut the little window on him. <laughs> All right, so yeah, these guys here, you can tell they're drinking and not drink. I mean, he's drinking, but just stuffy environment. And um, one day out of nowhere, you just see this dog slash wolf husky just running through the snow and this helicopter chasing after it, trying to shoot it down, shoot it. Um, they don't. And well, I mean, they miss and the helicopter crashes. Right? No, it lands up. It lands? Yeah. No, I've been sick now, so I don't even remember. It was a gunfight. Yeah, that's right. They try to protect um, the dog. Well, they right. the the two Swedes get out of the... Or at least one of them does. Gets out of the helicopter. They're no so I shoot at the dog, but... <laughs> nice out. <Yeah>, whatever. <laughs> Which, no, it's a line from the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh... Shooting at the dogs... But shooting at the all the dudes at the research station in the process, so they shoot right. And so yeah, as a viewer, you have no idea what's going on, just like those guys do. So why are you trying to kill this dog? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're dealt with. The dog stays with them, and um, weird things start happening. Sheba Sage's guts start piling out of his stomach, and a lance into the other dogs. Well, that doesn't happen. So, that doesn't happen quite right away. Yeah, oh, I know, but Jeebus H. Right then and there. So, so there's the one scene where they're all kind of, you know, they're back inside and they're, people are playing chess, people are drinking, reading books, whatever. And there's this shot of the dog just walking through. It's a really cool shot. The dog, like, stops, looks left, looks right, wanders under the table. I really love that scene. Isn't it? Picture the, they put him in the um, commentary, didn't they mention that he was like a white fang type of dog? So everybody was a little bit nervous around him already. I don't know what that means. I think they did mention that. Yeah, it was part wolf and part wolf. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you I mean the act- Oh, you mean the actors were nervous? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they said there were certain things that would spook it, and you'd have to be careful. But <laughs> yeah, this, this is the '80s, folks. Like they, they drinking just... and playing ping pong and chess and stuff. That would really spook that. Dog. So, so yeah, they really did bust him in the middle of nowhere to film this movie. By the way. Oh, yeah, it's like in a glacier up in Canada or yeah. something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they said there literally there'd be times where you, there'd be like crevices you could just you take one step and you're never heard from ever again. When it's not um, but as, no, just... You see the commentaries from the 80s movies, like especially like, well, I guess this is 70s with Conan. Is that 70s or eight, late 70s, early 80s? Uh with Conan the Barbarian and they the scene where the dogs are chasing Arnold we probably talked about this but like that was the- <laughs> those dogs weren't even trained like they were really trying to kill Arnold yeah <laughs> it's like you hear like Milius in the commentary like yeah he wasn't very good you could hear just speaking <laughs> at him and 
Czech Republic and just <laughs> yelling at him. And uh, I, I the traitor almost got killed. Yeah. yeah, I miss I miss the the days where the maybe it still happens a little bit, but just when directors get away with torturing their actors, yeah. like Kubrick and Shelley Duvall, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that was borderline abuse from yeah. what I've heard. But yeah. yeah, or I mean, yeah, it's, it's super fucked up. But it, like yeah. uh, Hitchcock and all of his leading ladies. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I've always heard those stories. Yeah, I mean, it's it's horrible, but it's fascinating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the ends justify the means, kids. Well, that's what Milia said when Arnold fell down. <laughs> Blood is temporary. Film is forever. <laughs> oh, god damn it! You didn't say that it, the, the steel. What? You didn't say anything about that. Pain is <laughs> temporary, but steel. That no. is power. He didn't quote the movie as he was uh, filming the movie. Yeah, uh, that's too bad. The riddle of steel. So anyway, they put the dog in the kennel with the other dogs, <laughs> and uh, shit starts freaking out. You hear all the dogs barking, and they go in there, and things. This is where it starts turning into some freaking three-headed. Freaking scary ass shit. Because it's filmed very dark, and you can only see like yeah. glistening wet tendrils of guts around like a fur thing, and you're just like, "What the hell is happening to these poor dogs?" Oh, it's very effective. It is, and so this is where yep, it starts happening. And McCready, get the flamethrower, get what? He gets there, torches it, but something escapes. Excuse me. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I am sick and. I'm gonna cough and sneeze and barf during the episode. Um, all at the same not, time. Yeah, yeah. Let's not gloss over the fact that uh, was that. Yeah, before he gets put into the kennels, the dog. You just see like the silhouette of a shadow in, in um, going into the. Oh no, you see the dog and you see the silhouette of a shadow of somebody else, and he goes yeah. into the room with them. And then people, uh, who's the guy that was always on roller skates? The cook. Those windows. No, no that was uh, windows. Uh, Toss. <laughs> it was it was, it was uh, Ubuntu. <laughs> she was. But uh, <laughs> he finds a uh, like. Uh, hey, don't be throwing your dirty draws in here. And they're all you know kind of rust colored and everything. So he assumes that they're just dirty, but they're just mangled and soaked in blood. So there's somebody's underwear, but you don't know whose it was. So right mm. then and there, it starts, somebody is the thing. Hmm, I don't, man. How could I have missed that all this all this <laughs> <Come> time? <on>. Don't <laughs> you watch this movie every year? I do. Yeah, the thing is, like, someone's skulking around, but you don't know who it is. You just know that he's interacting with that people. Right. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm sick, too, and I'm a lot of medicine. Um. And so... Yeah, shit happens, and now you realize that basically there's this this alien, this thing that can uh, basically turn itself into anything else, and it creates this whole turning everybody against each other. Like I said, I'm not gonna go through the whole. We'll talk about our favorite scenes, but I'm gonna go through it. So it can turn itself and look like anybody else. So therefore, everyone starts accusing everybody of being the thing, mm-hmm. and to awesome. That's like it's. It can make for a really cheap horror movie because you don't have that show with scary monsters and stuff, but this film does it anyway. Like, I remember one of the documentaries of something I was watching, and it wasn't for the thing, but Carpenter was talking about the thing. And I forgot who it was. 
It might have been Spielberg or somebody said, you know, in horror movies, you always keep the monster in the dark. You never show the thing or the monster. But if you do that, <laughs> you're going to hit a home run. He's like, me, you being an idiot. I said, let's do that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess before I forget, I guess this thing was a, pretty much a bomb in the movie theater. Um, it opened the same weekend as E.T. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like we had two alien movies coming out the same same weekend. One was, you know, one was more terrifying than the other, if you ask me. But <laughs> most people, <laughs> to most people, E.T. was friendly and nice alien, and the thing was not so much. But I always found that hilarious. And it wasn't until on cable and on video that it really found its following. Yeah, I don't know that Carpenter ever did all that well in the theaters. So I imagine, yeah, imagine Halloween they, did all right. I was gonna say Halloween probably, Halloween did, probably good. did really well. Um, Escape from New York, maybe. The Big Trouble in Little China didn't. Correct. So. And. Uh, but yeah, so then the rest of the movie is just this thing, the alien um, turning in other people, them finding it, killing it, and then killing each other, and until you're left to. The two guys at the end, and they don't even know if they're the thing or not, and they just kind of. The the alien could also replicate itself, right? Was that part of the thing? It more needed, more no, than one person could be the no, thing. No, no, it needed to like take no. over something. Yeah. No, because remember when uh, they caught that the the ginger dude, the redheaded guy outside, and his hand was kind of half starting to turn. It was still alien, part alien, and wasn't completely human. I don't know. And, and then they just covered him in gasoline and burned him up. Like the whole body completely. And mm. then but the thing was still one of the guys around that also helped burn the body. Yeah. So so about right right before like the third act, the uh they have fantastic scene where it's incredibly tense. Where McCready's been locked outside because everybody's on full on I these these are all like, hard men they don't you know they're not sentimental they're not they don't shy away from potentially letting somebody freeze to death mm-hmm. uh, but McCready manages to make his way back inside and you know he's got a gun so he makes everybody do this test where they they burn the blood because he figures that the blood is still connected to the alien it's going to freak out um, so he like ties everybody up uh, before that can happen though one of the other characters rushes him with a scalpel and McCready just shoots him in the head it turns out just to be a dude, not controlled by the alien. And one of the other characters is like, murderer. Yeah, one of the other characters is like, you just shot him. And he's like, you're da- I forget the line, but it's basically like, you're damn right I did. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they go through the test. Uh, they, they have, I think, they, he has Keith David go first. And it turns out that his blood's safe. Um, and then McCready does his own and it's safe. And they just start going down the line and these people are all tied together. They do another person, and the fourth guy turns out to be one of the yeah, the aliens. It's, it's and the guys, genius. On the couch, yeah, the guys on the couch start freaking out because he's freaking out, and oh man, it's, it's a great scene. It's awesome because once he starts doing the test, the, the me as the, you know an audience member feel a little bit at ease and stuff, and then he kind of not even thinking about it, he just rakes the the hot uh, coil over the blood, like kind of nonchalantly, so that when it does. The, the blood physically jumps out of his hand. It's like, it's freaked me the hell out. Yeah, that was a great jump scare. Yeah, it is. You go through, the first three or four people are all safe. 
And there's some funny moments where they test the one guy's blood and he's fine. And he goes, I don't want to spend the rest of my life tied to this goddamn chair. <laughs> but, you know, there's like funny moments. You guys got it. So they just kind of feel like, okay. How dare you bark at me like some junkyard dog? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Touches it and jumps out and it makes that screaming effect and jumps out. And then the guy in the couch starts, his face, his face starts melting. Yeah, blood starts coming out of his eyeballs. Oh, it's gross. That's when he kills Windows. Because he's the one that's uh, McCready's backup with the flamethrower. Yeah. And so, yeah, the dude's head turns into just a giant... It splits in half, turns into a mouth, and he eats them. Eats windows. Head to head, right. so to speak. At this point, like, half people already died off. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so you've had the one guy in an amazing scene where they, they actually brought in a guy with no arms. <laughs> Tip his arm, his, his fake arm is bitten off. Uh, so yeah, let me uh, that one that scene. So there, yeah, there's this guy. There's a scene where they're trying to resuscitate the guy, but they didn't know he's a thing. So when they go to put the paddles on him, the guy's chest just opens up into a big mouth and then just chomps the guy's arms <laughs> yeah, off. They slip through. He's like, oh my gosh. And uh, I fell asleep watching the thing one time and just laying in bed, and I woke up at that exact moment and I looked at my TV screen and I saw that exact moment and I freaked the fuck out I've seen the movie a hundred million times and it's still like you don't want to see that visual as you're waking up from oh, sleep so that like when I saw this you know of course I've seen a lot of horror movies before and whatnot. that really took me by surprise <laughs> I literally yeah. did not see that coming oh my gosh spoilers it, and then that's when like the guy's head like falls off and it goes to the ground. Yeah, it grows legs. And the legs grow out of it. Crab legs and everything. So, so almost all the effects... <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. Almost yeah. all the, the effects hold up. And that one's still good, but that's the other one that's like clearly like the stop motion. and That's still pretty it's good. Still really it's still really good. Yeah, it was, at, at, yeah, more towards the end, but yeah. They cut out, actually. A I, lot you of know, I wish I'd been stuff, old yeah. enough at the time to like really watch it then. But uh, yeah, it's still... I mean, all the effects hold up. And just like like you're saying before, the the best horror movies don't have the reveal. You know, the guy standing next to you looks normal could be the monster. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could like flip out and change at any second. Like that that's what makes for uh, classic horror movie. That the thing is. Yep, the psych- yeah. the psychology of it. And we got to talk about Wolford Brimley. <laughs> So his character in this movie, he's like dissecting the first alien, uh, the frozen corpse the or frozen whatever thing that they found at the Norwegian camp, right? I don't remember which one it is, but yeah, he's definitely dissecting it, and he's kind of like tinkering around with it, and somehow in there he gets infected. At one point, he just starts destroying like all the audio equipment. All electronic equipment. He's just going crazy. Them things, they want to be us. I just, a uh, friend of ours, Eric. Oh my God, he loves quoting that. Especially when you go up in the mountains and there's snow anywhere. He just starts quoting it. He starts picking up snow and just throwing it everywhere. It always kills me. So, so I always wondered in that scene, was he like in control? Well, obviously he's not in control, but I mean, was the alien controlling him or did he? really think that the only way to save everybody was to destroy all the communication equipment strand them out there to die I think so I think that he was in control he knew what he was doing because the alien 
the stuff that he was spouting made sense. The alien wanted to reach out so that more people would come, and then he would get, you know, out, out of this isolated place into a populated area and just take over the world, pretty much. Yeah, I think at that part, he knew what he was doing. Later on, he didn't. I mean, that, later on, he was infected, and I mean, he was building that shit underground or whatever. <laughs> little flying saucer. Yeah, <laughs> that was not him being yeah, in yeah, control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat your oatmeal. Yeah. Um, yeah, they lock him out in the utility shed. Right, because they suspect him. They don't know for sure they suspect him, so they put him out in the shed. That's like, oh, I'm all right. I'm better now. Yeah. I'm so, so I get much I guess, better now. I guess the noose would actually be an indication that he was still himself then. So the thing got to him when he was lo- after he was locked out. I think so. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise he wouldn't try to kill himself. Yeah. Or think about doing it. I like the scene where you like, kind of see him running in the distance and like messing with the snow, uh, snow plow or whatever, oh, yeah. whatever you call that. Um, one of those machines. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it just turns into a, just an awesome suspense thriller where everyone, you don't know who to trust. and um, Yeah, just some of the best lines ever. I wish I wasn't sick right now. Um, That's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was sick right now. I wish I wasn't sick. That's awesome. The scene where Keith David and keeps trying to not wear the glasses, and McCready keeps trying to put them on him. <laughs> oh wait. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, drop, drop out, knock down, fade in the alleyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like I said, at the end, pretty much everyone's dead. They're, they decided to burn down the whole uh, they find that the alien is trying to build some kind of <laughs> craft down there they torch it blow it up which pretty much is blowing up all their shelter so mm-hmm. the last two guys Keith David and Kurt Russell I, I, they just sit out there I did like that even though Kurt Russell's more or less the hero that him and the only other two black guys are the last three guys alive <laughs> that's true so they didn't they did not kill the black guys off right off the bat mm-hmm Breaking tropes, and uh, yeah, and they just kind of sit out there in the snow because they still don't know they trust each other, and they could be infected. So, like, I guess that's yeah, it's awesome. They're passing the the whiskey bottle back and forth. Yeah, they know they're they're gonna freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, by this by this time they they kind of theorize that the thing wants to get frozen again, just so that it can be in suspended animation until somebody else finds him, and he can try again. Yeah. So there's there's like all kinds of weird theories that McCready even taken over. But I don't, oh, I don't fan theories. Yeah, I don't buy it though. No way. That's like saying that's like saying Decker was a replicant. <laughs> well, that's got that shit's got way more baggage for the... And five different versions of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so. so. <laughs> yeah, McCready's uh one liner at the end. <laughs> Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's awesome. The, after he yeah. throws the dynamite yeah, yeah fuck you too <laughs> Kurt Russell so we mentioned uh, commentaries for Conan if you guys listened to the one for the thing that's a really good one I have yeah. actually it was all the bonus I, you know features. I probably have it was probably like at some party and I wasn't paying that close attention it's just Carpenter and Russell and just Russell just loves it he's just laughing the whole time and I guess that's right when he was learning how to be a pilot, so he kind of flew the helicopter in some of the scenes, and it's talking about old crazy Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
He's like, oh, he wasn't acting. He was, <laughs> he was dead serious. He was scary on the set. Yeah. Oh, he puts his fingers through the dude's face. Oh my gosh, that was horrifying as well. Yeah. And uh, what else? I, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The special effects guy. There's a lot on uh, him. Uh, John Vitti. No. No. Vinny or Vici? No. 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 <laughs> but I remember he's really famous, but he had a short career because, like, he went all in. Like in this movie, he got put into a hospital because he wasn't sleeping he was, like, or super eating. Young guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I look up. This is blasphemy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you watch Tom the. Doc- no, no, it's not, it's not Tom, Tom Spini. Spini. <laughs> Good guess for most horror movies, but no, not in this uh. one. Um, anyway, I'll look it up in a little bit. But lots of good commentary, uh, documentary stuff on this, and uh, they just talk about everything from the aliens, the spaceship at the very beginning, that cr- the very first shot of it crash landing on Earth. I don't. Does it say when it was? I mean, it's obviously a long time ago, but it's supposed to happen far, like thousands of years. Far away. Yeah, they don't say right. Like, yeah. I think I think no. the guy's name was Rob Button. Yes, it's Rob something. Yes. What'd you say? Rob Button. Bowden. Remember that. Yeah, Bhutan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really good. Yeah, he did all that stuff. Like the only shot that he didn't do was the the dog scene at the beginning, and that was like a Stan Winston. He they just needed extra help because they were running out of time. I think Stan Winston did the dog stuff at the beginning. So. Uh, so yeah, so so he's, really... he's only fifty six. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man. So this movie was eighty two. He was. He was like, yeah, he really was. But yeah, he got he wasn't sleeping and all this stuff. And they were like that scene, I think it was the the scene yeah where the guy's head pulls apart and falls to the ground we were talking <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, like yeah. he was using like flammable materials and the room was filling up with gases and then the whole thing caught on fire mm-hmm. in, one, in one of the shots. And he just stood around dumbfounded <laughs> because all of his effects yeah. were going to waste. There's like all that hard work. He's like, What are you doing? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> No, I think the line was, he's like, it's on fire. And Carpenter's like, well, put it out, idiot. <laughs> That's the one. Because <laughs> I'm sure Carpenter was smoking the whole time during yeah. the shooting anyway. So the uh, the exact line from the couch uh, from Donald Moffat. Uh, <laughs> I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> That's it. Is that the same dude that writes Doctor Who? No. Oh. That's the same dude that, as I quoted earlier, was the president in Clear and Present Danger. Oh, yeah. And he was Punky Brewster's dad. No. <laughs> that was Commandant Lassard. I know. Yeah. Oldie uh, with white hair. I think as a kid, I think anyone with... Any oldie with white hair was Punky Brewster's dad. But yeah, that, I just uh, well, I was going to say blah. blah. I remember <laughs> I didn't see it when it first came out. Sorry, <laughs> right, I'm really Everybody. sick and really. Jeff's the thing. <laughs> um, I didn't see it when it first came out, and I saw it in high school in history class. I had a teacher who didn't want to be a teacher. It was Mr. Peffer. Yep. He did not want to be a teacher, but you know, cutbacks and everything. If he wanted to keep his job, he had to teach at least one class or something. And so he would just put on Die Hard and the thing. And I remember, oh, this is really cool. But then I forgot about it. And then 
there was an X-Files episode that came out around the same year as I saw it for the first time. And I think you guys remember that episode where they go to a base. I think it's not Antarctica. It's like Alaska or something. And they're stuck in a base and there's this blood virus that people can be infected and they they don't turn into aliens, but they become controlled by this little thing that's in their skin. Uh, does this uh, make any sense to you? Oh, what's his face? Uh, Kenny Banya from Seinfeld. He was on that and that <laughs> one of the guys. It's gold. Oh, anyway, I remember they just kind of things like the thing. And then, um, but I was like, oh yeah, and then I met Eric uh, a few years later, and he was all about it. And so I started watching it again. I was like, oh yeah, I really love this crap. So that's my story. <laughs> um, all right, anything else? Uh, again, I wanna, everybody watch this movie. Yeah, and I want to mention yes. the uh, awesome practical effect for the uh, title screen with the with, with the, the, the movie. trash bag. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's so awesome. It's just pretty much a cardboard cut, a, a, a light, an aquarium. Just swish the water around a little bit, and then burn up the trash bag that's in front of the stencil. Man, that's a good effect. Yep. So this is a remake. Have you guys seen the original? The, the black and white one. Who goes yeah. there? Or whatever. Yeah, I know there's a black and white original one. I, I heard it's nothing like it, but the, it's based the same on. premise about. It's all it's all based with the alien. Yeah, it's all based on the same like like story, not even a movie. Right. But I haven't seen it yet. Okay. And did you guys see the remake that came out a couple years ago? Not as much as I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I did not see it. I haven't seen it either. It's more of a kind of prequel because it tells the story about the Norwegians. (laughs) Damn it, you said it correctly. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, I haven't seen it either. I don't want to see it. It's all these... Even though it is yeah, not a reboot or whatever, I still just... Yeah, I'll leave it alone. Now, did you guys ever play the video game that was a direct sequel to the movie? No. Never heard of it. Premise was I heard, cool. Yeah, I heard it was pretty cool because you, you had to like either convince or intimidate the people that were on your squad and convince them that you weren't the thing because they would all start freaking out also. That was like one of the main mechanics of the game. You start like tap dancing and stuff, or what? <laughs> I don't know. How do you how do you convince that you're not a thing? I don't know. There's probably oh. text option there. Sometimes you would have to actually pull out your gun and point it at the guys, kind of like they did in the movie. All right. Yeah. But I'm gonna say, when an infected guy do this <laughs> and just start dancing, I don't know. <laughs> See? Yeah. Touche, Jeff. <laughs> That's why I don't write movies. <laughs> Nice try, Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking eggnog here. Um, That's good. All right. It's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been sick, so I really don't know what the hell is going on in the world. So I got nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex. Uh, well, no surprise, Michael Bay is doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. And I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm looking at a picture of Bebop and Rocksteady. And Michael Bay looks good on them. They actually look pretty legit. Yeah. I actually did watch that trailer today, and it's it's done to uh, Run DMC's It's Tricky <laughs> song. And yes, Bebop and Rocksteady 
And um, Stephen Amell, the Arrow, he plays Casey Jones. Really? Casey That was Jones. the one thing I was like, oh, Oliver Queen's in, in Turtles movie. But I'm still not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Bay. I mean, I don't even like Turtles. That, that was a little bit after me, so I'm not a huge Turtles fan to begin with. So Then you might like these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I mean, I know enough about them. I mean, at least I watched the cartoon. I didn't read the comics, but I know from the cartoon and stuff. And, and I actually, you know what? I think I watched the actual, like, the, the live-action movies, too, but eh, it still wasn't a huge thing. It was probably I went because my, my bro, it was a family thing. I had to go because of hmm. Brian. Brian. There was also, actually, you mentioned this. I have been watching movie trailers. There was something, there was a Steven Spielberg movie, BFG. <laughs> Big fucking guy. I, I, did, Seriously. I did see the trailer for that. <laughs> And then it, they don't tell me what BFG stands for because I, it's a Disney movie. I know it's not Big Fucking Gun. No. I heard it's Big Friendly Giant. Yeah. But it is. It it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Does, on it does look cool? But <laughs> come on. Yeah, it's BFG. Bad, it's a bit tough. So wait, you guys read? It's based on a Rule Doll book, right? Like, is that the name of the thing, or is this like a play uh, on? Uh, like, yeah, uh, it's like I, I haven't read that, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Is it so it's Roald Dahl then? Yeah, the Charlie and Chocolate yeah. Factory guys, right? Yeah. Peach. Um, he, so yeah, he, he, he did it. <laughs> giant Peach. <laughs> big fucking giant. Um, but yeah, the trailer looked cool. It's Steven Spielberg kind of doing what he does. I mean, I didn't watch the other movie he did that recently, Bridge of Spies. Mm. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one. That kind of okay. came and went. It was it was uh, was it written or produced by the Coen Brothers? So, oh really? Yeah, hmm. I think it was written. But, it, but it's not a comedy, so yeah. <laughs> but it didn't seem like it, anyways. Uh, speaking of Spielberg, uh, so after this, the next thing would be Ready Player One, I would think. Oh, hmm. you! I still have to read the. Hey, Scott, let me borrow that book. I have it in digital form. Okay, send it to me. It doesn't work that way. What? Yeah, I know. Do screenshots. <laughs> okay. Just one at a time. All send, right. me the, send me the JPEGs. Sounds like a good deal. Thank you. Take pictures on my phone and send you those. How's that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> or you could just give me back my Scott Pilgrims. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> Dick. It's Christmas, Scott. But yes. Time uh, ready, yeah, Ready Player One should be next. Sweet. I hope it's cool. as good as Pixels. It should be. Not possible. <laughs> For a split second, I thought you were talking about uh, Inside Out. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're talking about Pixels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything else, Alex? Uh, no, that's it. I just like seeing a uh, uh, very realistic Bebop with those stupid <laughs> 80s purple glasses. Uh, that brings me joy. Yeah, Inuit glasses. <laughs> yeah, whalebone glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. Uh, not a lot for me. Oh, a little, a little indie movies coming out next week. Uh, but we'll, we'll go over that in another podcast. But with this movie, they're supposed to have the the first Star Trek trailer for the next uh, next movie. It's kind of a a weird thing to me to have the <laughs> that Star Trek advertised with Star Wars. 
I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's kind of weird. It's just as weird as the same guy directs both of them. Yeah, he made the guy made a deal with the nerd <laughs> devil. I've, I've said this several times. How, <laughs> he made a deal how, does with one, how does one guy get handed the reins to Star Trek and Star Wars? How is it even possible? Well, because he made Star Trek a little bit more Star Warsy, and then he's like, "Hey, you know what?" Uh, speaking of uh, things getting made, uh, I saw. I think Jeff talked about this. I saw. Li- I, I watched about twenty minutes, half hour of the Superman Lives documentary. Hmm. Oh, the death of Superman or whatever. I try to get that movie made. It's it's very interesting. Uh, if anybody's into the process, the Hollywood process, it's worth a, worth a watch. I liked all the shit that the guy made. Uh, Kevin Smith put it in the script, <laughs> and then Wild just, Wild West. Yeah, and then he turns around and says that he didn't like the script. Like he makes him, makes him put all this dumbass shit that the producer did, and then he's like, "Oh, well, your script isn't very good." Oh, really? <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was almost a Superman movie based very loosely off the the Superman dies comic. Uh, then all kinds of crazy shit going along with it. It's it's worth a watch. Wait, what's the craziest part? Oh, uh, jeez. Uh, so they made Kevin Smith. So Kevin Smith is on record as saying that the producer told him that Superman can't fly in the movie. Oh, that was what? like. I was gonna say that Nick Cage. Yeah, that was gonna be number two. Was that they were gonna have <laughs> Nick Cage do it? Uh, but but uh, also speaking of being handed the reins, they they had Tim Burton ready to go on mm-hmm. it. Tim Burton would have had Superman and Batman. Uh, yeah, just just a lot of like Hollywood bullshit that <laughs> that went on with it. Uh, it's interesting to see behind the scenes, as it were. They kind of lampooned it in the what you call it Entourage with Aquaman, right? Was that a little bit of it? Um, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you see a lot of like the actual production of that. No, but they brought out that Aquaman suit. <laughs> like, man, that almost looks as bad as the Superman costume they had for Nick Cage. Yeah, they didn't want it. That was the other thing. It was <laughs> so he told him like three things. Uh, Kevin, according to Kevin Smith, the producer told him three things: that, that Superman couldn't fly, he couldn't wear the, the Superman outfit, so no cape, no no blue and red with the S on it, uh, and it had to have a giant spider. Superman had to fight a giant spider. And then from there, he just keeps making all these super weird script suggestions. Like one, he tells Kevin Smith that uh, that Superman needs to have guards at his Fortress of Solitude, to which Kevin Smith, you know, replies, uh, "He's Superman. He's fucking Superman. <laughs> he doesn't need guards in his Fortress of Solitude." <laughs> but in turn, this thing where like Brainiac shows up and murders some polar bears, and <laughs> they're actually like storyboarded it and everything. It's- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so there's that. I was going to mention Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I did not see the, the remake, so I this doesn't move the needle for me at all. I guess it's cool mm-hmm. that, you know, that Rocksteady and Bebop are going to be there. It's mm-hmm. childhood stable of mine, but... <laughs> it's not Tokar and Razor, thank goodness. What about Dikembe Mutombo? Yeah. <laughs> not in my movie. <laughs> and I guess like Casey Jones, he was always a favorite. I think it's because I like hockey. Yeah, Casey, <laughs> yeah, I was like Casey, the Casey Jones character, and Stephen Amell's good. 
So maybe we'll turn something. Golf with Doug's game again. And then uh, maybe uh, Megan Fox. I said Mega Man was going to be back. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Megan Fox will be back for the second one. I don't know. Is she? The yeah, she's in the trailer. Okay. Yeah, it seems she's over her uh, Michael Bay hate. I guess a bunch of zeros on a check will do that. Yeah, exactly. Jeebus. Better buy you a lot of thumb surgeries. Oh, yeah. <sighs> thumb, thumb reductions. Her, her toe thumbs. <laughs> thumb reduction, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's my news. Does the handshake a little firm? A little smelly? <laughs> All right, it's time for the March to the Force <laughs> happening like three days from the time we release this podcast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So just to follow up on what Scott was saying about the Star Trek trailer, apparently this is going to be the greatest set of trailers ever before a movie. <laughs> God, God, I'm sure they were clamoring to get into this. So Civil War, Star Trek, Batman v Superman. What? These are all trailers yeah, before the have movie. Have to bring some tissues. Yeah, it's weird. In case I tear up. <laughs> yeah. Um, in case you tear up, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there's another big one. Condoms. <laughs> so, like they said, maybe even um, Suicide Squad or, and some of these ones that are even further out, like Thor or something. I don't know. So, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, probably a Pixar, like one of the Pixar movies or Jungle Book or something. So, so. Pixar has that uh, Day of the Dead movie coming out. I don't know. But yeah, expect any of the Disney owned stuff. Movie? Yeah. Oh. Look it up, bro. Damn, alright. I get the name of it. So, yes, you're going to be exhausted before the movie even starts. <laughs> you need an intermission before the yeah, movie. Yeah, get in my refractory period, yeah. Alright, so this is the last episode we're going to air before it airs. No, the last <laughs> so episode we're going to record of this year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah. We're still recording because, uh, next week. Yeah, we said we record next week. What day is next week? Oh, yeah, but that one's not going to... We're not going to release that one until next year. Maybe. we got to air something. We only have one bank. I'm going to split that into two episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, whatever. Yeah, it was, it was too... It was There was too much quality there to squeeze into one... One ep- just one episode. I know. Star-studded cast. Yeah, get ready for a star-studded holiday special, folks. Two-parter. Just warning you right now. <laughs> warning being the operative word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to miss most of it. <laughs> it's coming this I... holiday season. Yeah. My planet needed me. <laughs> All right, so this is the last episode before it airs. I wanted to do it, uh, continue our topics. Let's do our best top five Star Wars moments of all times. All right. Scott. All right. My list was actually more difficult to get my number five. The other ones came easy. Uh, but for, for my number five, uh, I think I think I got to go with uh, just this goes along with the funniest moments. Just the the Han Solo scene in the the cell blo- the cell blocks. The <laughs> uh, we're we're okay down here. How are you? Just 
Han is not very good at ad-libbing. Is right. the is the situation normal? Yeah, situation normal. Yeah. So I, you know, just a a great character beat, and it was funny, and uh, you know, just came on the heels of Han trying to be a hero but not quite succeeding. Like I think just a, a few minutes later, they had the scene where he's running down the hallway, <laughs> chasing after stormtroopers, and then they start shooting at him, and he turns around, and starts running away, screaming. And, <laughs> yeah. I immediately regret this decision. Yeah, but, yeah so that's my new Alex? Wilbro Hood, number five. God damn it, I hate you. <laughs> I can't unwatch it every time I see Empire now. We know, we were at your place one time. We fucking watched it for like two hours. You just kept replaying that scene over and over again. Well, there it was. Carrie, that's right. goddamn ice cream maker. <laughs> Alright, so for me, my number five, this is so hard, but the whole, I'm gonna cheat and say the entire indoor battle. Space and below and Vader and Luke fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just all three of those, and I think they're. I, Maybe because I, I saw it as a kid and I didn't bother me as much. Was, obviously, the Ewoks don't bother me like they do most people because I was younger and stuff. But just the intercutting between the three. I know like Lucas tried to do it again in The Phantom Menace with four things. They're all four were terrible and it was too much. But those three <laughs> together, just I don't know. I love it. I just love Lando and the Falcon and the just, there's so many more spaceships and everything there. Well, that's because versus... a competent director did Return, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. I don't know how competent yeah. that guy was, but <laughs> I think you can give Lucas credit for the for Return of the Jedi. But from everything I've heard, I heard that guy was kind of he wasn't even in the guild. That's why he was able to use it. Ah, okay. It's like yeah. Stefan Spielbergo. It's like Richard Marquand, <laughs> but he was yeah, he was nobody. Um, and just I love the the lightsaber battle between Han and. The, Luke and Han and Luke, Jesus, Luke and Vader, the Emperor, there, all that. Just I got to combine it all into one because I, my list would be a mile long with everything else. So, Battle of Endor. Okay. Um, next would also be from Return of the Jedi. Number four, that be, is. Yeah, sorry. Number four would be the Sarlacc Pit battle, and this is just Luke being Luke, and really the only time in any of the movies where he is the action star. But I can really. Because in the first one, he's doing it, but not with the lightsaber, I guess, in the Death Star, when he's running around. And this is the one where he's running around with the lightsaber. Well, I, I, would, I would argue him flying the X-Wing at the end. Yeah. Okay, but with the lightsaber. Okay, okay. I'll say with the okay. lightsaber. <laughs> him, it's just the whole scene with him jumping on the diving board. I think I've mentioned this before. Every time I was at a pool with a kid, I'd always, you know, jump and <laughs> grab the diving board and almost clip my chin and wait <laughs> all my teeth. Decapitate yourself, Yeah. yeah. Just the whole scene there, and I just to this day I get the music, everything about that is just that is Luke being Luke, and that's where he is saving everybody. It's really Han really doesn't do anything the entire time. Leia does, I guess. Um, Chewie doesn't do anything except hold on to Han. <laughs> Lando, like the three Honda Luke or Han, Lando and Chewie are all caught doing the of, same thing. Just of, three of, of all the of all the things that take place in the original trilogy. Leia strangling Jabba is like the most cold-blooded thing, <laughs> and like, <laughs> like as a kid, it just I found it disturbing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you chop off limbs it's all day rough. long. Like it's shot with blasters, but the choking death was kind of gruesome. Yeah, and the tail swinging. It was like his tongue. giant tongues just hanging out. Ah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, here's it coming, but. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, Sarlacc Pit, number two, number four, sorry. Uh, Alex, Scott, I don't know who's next. It's me. Uh, the, the lightning teeth scene in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that whole thing is just Luke being tortured and like pleading for his father to help him. That's rough. That's one of my favorite scenes. You guys Very seen heart, the... heartfelt. Father, please. Yeah. Ah, my teeth. <laughs> There's a parody song off of Jay-Z's uh, New York, but it was, it's called uh, Galactic Empire. Well, it's Empire State of Mind. They make Galactic Empire State of Mind. <laughs> and they go through all the trilogy like with this rap song. It's really cool. But uh, they talk about that part at the end uh, with Vader. And he, the line is... Uh, on hell no, daddy powers activate. Gonna end this prune with a badass murder suicide. Talked about how he throws him off the side. I always thought that was rad. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Just picks him up and Palpatine doesn't know where to shoot his lightning, so it's kind of everywhere and it hits Vader multiple times. I uh, saw, saw an awesome cracked article about like implications of the Star Wars universe that they never get into. And it shows it shows like all 500 stories, so so many Photoshop, like all 500 stories of the the, the new Death Star, and just <laughs> it just keeps falling and falling, and just different people see him falling in the background. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that on um, Robot Chicken too, where like Lando and <laughs> Lando's going to blow up the the center of the Death Star, and like uh, Emperor lands on the windshield, and they just wipe <laughs> him off with windshield wipers. <laughs> well, they had a similar gag where he's going up the escalator. It takes yeah. him like a half hour. <laughs> he just keeps... Chupa. Storm Chupa. <laughs> yeah. He just starts Storm getting pissed. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, Scott. Uh, my number four is the end of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and it's just the basically the final shot uh, when Luke and Leia are in the, the medical ship. Uh, you and when Luke's like, getting poked by the needles? Ow. Like hey. they, yeah, like they have, their arms, they have an arm around each other and they're looking out and... Uh, but like the first time, it, it feels like it hits home to them that like, like all right now you know now we really are gonna have to. I I don't know. It felt like them growing up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know that's the last the last moment for them to be innocent and kids or whatever. Uh, even though they'd already seen some hairy shit, but you know things have gotten real. The Empire really did strike back. You know, Han's gone. Shit just got real. Luke, you know, Luke, you know, found out things, and he's got he's got a new hand and spoilers. Yeah. So for the first time, like they they faced loss on a very very personal level within the story, anyways. I mean, I guess Alderaan getting blown up is pretty fucked up. <laughs> Although Leia seems to get over that right away. <laughs> yeah, this is some rescue. Uh, but uh, yeah, I always I just like that, and just the in a fleet of ships. Just to give you some idea that you know things aren't completely horrible, you know they're not hiding out in some cave. There's still rebel forces out and about. And Lando's wearing Han's clothes. <laughs> Lando's wearing yeah. Han's clothes. Yeah, <laughs> he's literally stepped into his shoes. It's almost like from uh, Beer Fest. I just <laughs> Lando goes up to him and says, "I just want one, one favor. Just call me. Just call me Han from now on." <laughs> <laughs> in his honor. 
Yeah. You got it. Han. Yeah. All right. Number three. My number three uh, is from Return, and this is amidst uh, the scene, the the Battle of Endor. Uh, you get to see the Emperor just be a perfect asshole. <laughs> he, oh, no. Yeah. I'm afraid the shield generators will be quite operational by the time your friends arrive. And it's so good. He's so fucking hateable. So this whole time, you, he's just kind of been this menace in the background. You know, he hasn't got a chance to do a whole lot. And it's been Vader up front. That's the villain. And, and to have two classic villains like that, you know, they had to make him be different. And he is. He's just this unbelievably smug. and Yes, I know. Yeah, just ridic- it's ridiculously hateable. Uh, and just thought uh, Ian McDermott just did such a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, you know, everybody did a good job making him different from Vader. Uh, you want this, don't you? Yes. Strike me down. Yeah. <laughs> something, something dark side. Yeah. <laughs> something, something complete. <laughs> <laughs> just the whole, just basically the whole, oh, man. The, the whole byplay between him and Luke. And Vader's just standing the whole time, kind of looking back and forth. Having existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Yup. Good stuff. Alex, number three. The Empire Strikes Back when Luke is hanging upside down in the Wampa Cave, and he has to really focus. And when I was a kid, I was like, okay, how the hell is he going to get his lightsaber? He sees it right there, then it starts moving. That blew my mind. Because you actually get to see, like, the Force working. Not like, you know, Obi-Wan doing the mind trick or just pointing his finger and the guards are like, hey, what was that? Even, like, him vanishing into just a pile of robes. Nah, it was the lightsaber kind of shaking and then jumping into Luke's hand. We see Vader close choking people, though. Yeah, but... The Force to get a lightsaber. And then then Silent Bob did it in Melrats. (laughs) That's true, he did. The Jedi mind shit. He He was hanging upside down. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was an homage. That's awesome. But yeah, I agree. That was like the first time yeah, you really sensed what the Force can do. I agree with you, Alex. Because yeah, Vader choked people, but he was a bad guy, and it was different. I don't know how to describe it. It was just different. It was just old guys grabbing their collar and pretending to be choked, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> release him. Enough, Vader. Release him. As you wish. I don't know how many times I would try to, like, when I was a kid, watch the movie, like, try to, like, Whatever was sitting across from me, try to use the force yeah. and get it. It was after that. It was after Empire that I just <laughs> kept trying to focus and use the force to get shit. Only worked twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were too old to begin to training. <laughs> so mine's also from that movie, and a little bit later, but the Battle of Hoth. Nice. Oh, the best battle ever. Um, the AT-ATs, the little ATSTs in the background, the snow speeders, the Tauntauns, the gobble, gobble. just everything, and the the just trying to survive. The whole thing it wasn't even really a battle; it was just hang in there long enough <laughs> to get our people out of here. It was, it was a total like StarCraft map. <laughs> Survive yeah. for thirty minutes. <laughs> That's true. It definitely was. With ten minutes left, yeah, the boss lands on the map. And starts going after you. Vader walking through. The Millennium Falcon not starting up. All that stuff going on. But just, I don't know. Love it. The at-ats especially. I think just 
So I've cool. mentioned this before. It was mm. my favorite thing. And uh, yeah, the I don't like to be honest. I don't know if I saw this for the first time as an adult, and I saw that there was these walk, four-legged walking things, and they just tripped it. How I would like it today, I don't know. But back then, I loved it. And, uh, mm-hmm. I will say, did you? So when Luke kills the one by tow cabling, or not tow cable, like shooting his little harpoon gun up there and <laughs> slicing open the belly, he and, slice opens its taint. Yeah, and then he throws a grenade in there. I didn't know he threw a grenade in there. I always thought he threw his lightsaber in there. Because, <laughs> like, it looks like his lightsaber. I don't know. I was When I was a kid, I was always confused. How does he get it back? Oh, it must fall down when it blows up. I never, I never, I, I always thought he threw something in there. Yeah, it, it was a thermal detonator, man. Yeah. He's never had a detonator ever in his life. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. My number two. So my number one and number two always flip-flop, but not really. Number two is the carbonite chamber, Han being frozen. Mm. I love that. We just watched it the other day at Brian's house. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a whole I love you, I know scene. But just the the visuals and the sound and the smoke and Vader and Boba Fett. That is a great set piece. (laughs) All Cloud City is a really great set piece. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about the other day, like if Disneyland would just have that set as something you can just walk on and just hang out in there, oh god, there'd be stains everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Look like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just the whole, just the the concept of oh, we're going to freeze him in a block and he's not dead, but he could be. It's no good to be dead. The betrayal of his friend and the evil Darth Vader and ah, it's just but just that visuals of the. Chewy just like the sound of Chewy going with the music of the, the machines and the Imperial Vader music. Ah, so he's awesome. not after you. I'm after some guy named uh, Skywalker. And, and the end when it's when he's frozen and it's just lifting it up, and you just hear the squeaking and like some Ugnots and then just Chewy. Ah, so good. Mm-hmm. Those little Ugnots are fucking assholes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two is also from Empire, is the uh, lightsaber fight, the whole fight between Luke and Vader. Because they warn Luke, don't go there. You're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> sure enough. Basically, Luke, like, fucks up in that entire movie. Like, yep. And also, nothing he does helps anybody. Think about it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yes, I guess he does take out that at But other than that, he gets they tell that him, killed. They tell him, I mean, it starts at the very, yeah, they tell him not to go out in the storm. He does it anyways. Like, Han has to go save him. Yoda tells him not to go. But they don't tell him not to go out in the storm. Well, they well they say, like, that he went out. Like, I thought they said he went out. Yeah, there's a storm coming he went in. Out there anyway. hit back in. Oh, I'm just going to check out this meteor. Yeah, yeah. He stays out there even though he knows better. And then Yoda, Yoda obviously tells him a few times not to do shit, and he does it anyways. You win. Eventually, him going back to space and to Cloud City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, why did Yoda just like, no, you're not going anywhere, and just like force the X-wing back down into the water? He could have done that. Yep. If he knew for certain that he was going to get killed, I'm sure he was going to do that. But no, always, always in motion. The future is. No, Yoda's a piece of crap. Nah. The prequels. 
prequels made sure that Yoda's a bitch. And besides, he's, he's from the, <laughs> he is, but he's he's from the light side of the Force. You can't make somebody do something against their will. It's against the Jedi Code. I know, but Yoda's a bitch. Except die. You can kill somebody that doesn't want to die. Whatever. I just watched the prequels again, and Yoda uh, runs away from Palpatine. What a little turd. Oh, well, wait 18 years till the boy's ready. <laughs> Let him deal with it. That's his strategy. Mm-hmm. Real fucking cool. Obi-Wan takes out Anakin, <laughs> and Luke and does it, but no, Yoda doesn't do shit. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. And think about it. I bet he would have killed Jar Jar if he was a Sith. And think about it, Luke, yeah, Yoda started the training, Luke didn't finish it with him, and he came back, and Yoda's like, no, you're good. Yeah. Oh, Jedi, are you? <laughs> he even laughs at him, so I am a Jedi. No, <laughs> oh, you gotta go, kick, go kill that guy again, but other than that. All right, Scott, number two. Number two is from Empire, just the the big reveal. Uh, after after the asking Luke just took, and he, lo- he loses his hand, and... Uh, mm. I don't suppose. And the I am your father. Uh, Ultimate spoiler. Yes, the biggest spoiler of them all. No! Uh, uh, yeah, and Luke does not handle it well. <laughs> uh, to say the least. And yeah, just the, the big reveal, the emotional impact. I thought uh, it was that Obi-Wan killed Luke's father. Uh, mm. Obi-Wan's a big fat liar too. That would have made more sense. It all depends from your point of view. <laughs> a certain point of view? They're like, no, no, Obi-Wan, you're full of shit. That's bullshit. Yeah, you are a point liar, sir. State point of view and stick it up your ass, Obi-Wan. You lied to me. Uh, but, yeah, again, the, the, the emotional impact for Luke, it adds a whole new dimension to Vader. Kind of brings him into a brand new focus. Uh, yeah, great scene. Yep, I agree. All right, your number one. My number one is from A New Hope. (gasps) Towards the end of the trench run, uh, Vader's got Luke dead to rights. And it still gives me goosebumps. Like all all things, this one is the only one that still does that. Uh, Han Solo flies in out of the sun, uh, even though he supposedly bailed on everybody. Um well, what's good a reward if you're not around to use it? Yeah, it's true. Uh, he he makes one of the TIE fighters accompanying Darth freak out. <laughs> they basically crash. Uh, he failed his mental fortitude check. Darth, Darth says, what? And then yeah, what? Um, the Millennium Falcon shoots his TIE fighter. Look out! Leaving, leaving Luke free to turn off his computers for no reason. Well, he already he'd already done that. He already done that. Okay, but yeah, just just Han flying out of the sun, so fucking cool. Yeah, so red. Yeah. And that is my favorite scene from all of the Star Wars dumb. Mm, nice. One shot in a million, yep. kid. Let's get out of here. Nice, very good. Mine's gonna be pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> I'm tempted to say Yarg just to troll you guys, but that wouldn't be true. You, no, because it's actually on your list because you love it so much. <laughs> I do love it. Oh, man. But anyways, my real favorite moment is uh, in Return of the Jedi when Luke and Vader have their last standoff and they're actually evenly matched. 
and then Luke gets the upper hand. And you can see that while he's Luke is beating down his own father, he's tiptoeing, he's stepping over into the dark side right there, and then he pulls himself back, and that's my favorite part of the whole series. He didn't. He he didn't become his father. He actually was able to pull himself back. Yep. He is the better um, Jedi. And that is something I wonder if they'll address in these new movies that he did tiptoe into the dark side, and if they address that at all in the. I I always kind of took that as the whole balance of the force thing. Mm-hmm. Huh? We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And, actually, and that movie isn't even like wearing black, but the inside of his thing is white. Like his his shirt's white. Uh, it's all black. Okay. Just like in Jedi. I vaguely remember that, like, yeah, he had, he's wearing the black, Luke's wearing the black outfit, but the, like, he gets unbuttoned or whatever, and you see that's white on the inside. I thought it was still black, but I don't remember. Oh, in Jedi? Was, it's a, it's it, a lighter shade of black, but it's still. Okay. <laughs> like a little gray. Spinal tap. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that scene, which, when they're just the, toward the end, right before he starts wailing on them, just the bright green. I think it's the brightest the lightsabers have ever looked, yeah. too, when they're just clashing against each other. It's just one of a great visual and the Emperor in the background. It's awesome. No! Lightning teeth. No! <laughs> and my number one is pretty much the same thing Scott said, except I'll just carry it all the way through from carry. the moment... <laughs> yeah. The moment that um, Han Solo comes in through the throne room scene. It's like the the last five minutes of that movie are just perfect. And that throne room scene really makes no sense, but it's just awesome. You know, just, you know what? We just had an awesome adventure, and let's just celebrate our heroes. And everybody's, <laughs> just everybody everybody's a general. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but yes, the editing of that, the sequence of just the... Dun, and the music... Dun, dun, yeah, <laughs> and everybody steps. And Han looks down yes. shirt. And Luke. Oh, yeah, it gives a wink. And Luke orgasms. <laughs> Gasp. Dun, 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 dun. Grand Admiral, or Grand Moff Tarkin scratching his chin. Doom. Evacuate in a moment of triumph. <laughs> and then just, yeah. Oh, I think you overestimate their chances. <laughs> Jesus, Alex, I was overacting even <laughs> For that, guy. that was one of the uh, not used takes. Say, like, hey, okay, bring it down a notch. <laughs> but yeah, the throne. It just got that. It goes from the one, you know, the main song at the end, just right to the throne room song, and then walking down, and just yep, yep. all of a sudden, C three PO and R two are all shiny. R two, who was destroyed a minute ago, is now, you know, as a kid, it's like, what's wrong with R two? You see him, he's fine now. C three PO is all shiny for the first time. Um, I like how shiny, Luke, shiny and chrome. Yeah. <laughs> after Luke gets back and everybody's celebrating, he's like, "Oh no, R two. Eh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Let's get, let's go grab a beer." <laughs> uh, Princess Leia is in a new outfit. Luke's got a cool jacket. He does have a cool jacket. Uh, yep. And then cut credits. Boom. Good list. So. Um, so I just want to bring up two other Star Wars things. I mentioned a couple episodes ago about the anti-cheese edits of the fan of the prequels. <laughs> I actually watched them, and they made a big difference. <laughs> I still wouldn't. I still choose not to watch the prequels, but if you had to, especially Phantom Menace, the Nemodians are all dubbed, 
um, this uh, Jar Jar's dubbed, and they took out any scene where him not him being goofball, basically. Uh, in the final battle at the end, they totally edit out Queen Amidala like storming the castle. It was, it's, it's pointless. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. Oh, so they don't show Panaka blowing the shit out of that window. <laughs> nope, they don't <laughs> show that. That was my favorite part. <laughs> we don't have the time for this. The, All right. The battle with the Gungans and the uh, droids is actually, they just edit out all the Jar Jar being stupid stuff, and it actually is a pretty cool battle. (laughs) (laughs) And Anakin doesn't do anything by accident. Everything is kind of on purpose, so it makes him less annoying. Like, he starts shooting the droids, he starts taking off on purpose. There's no, let's try spinning, that's a good trick. He flies into the hole. The edits were actually made it bearable uh, and they you know they took out the stupid scene at the end with the glowing orb uh Peace. The, during the i didn't well, i mean i would skip through a lot of the stuff too but like i actually the, i just i actually did not mind the big celebration they have at the end it's a callback right like i said I, how do i like the throne room woman not that one i don't know but they cut out oh boss nass was they cut out the whole underwater gungan scene at the beginning and how like just Jar Jar, when they run in the Jar Jar in the forest, are like, "We need you to lead us to the city," and then he just takes them to the city. Just like <laughs> get rid of all that underwater fish crap, and uh, it was pretty cool. And then in uh, Attack of the Clones, more dubbing. Anakin and Padme don't roll around in the in the grass, and he's less creepy. There's a lot of less him like leering and being all like pervy, and there's no. A bit of my heart has been aching the moment we've met each other and all that stupid shit. C-3PO's head detaching's all cut out. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness. He actually made it so they keep, bearable. Did they keep the, the bare midriff? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they got rid of the, in my point of view, the Jedi are evil and Revenge of the okay, Sith. Good. They did keep the, it's for democracy. <laughs> that was the one. Oh, you, you could have got rid of that one. They kept that in. Uh, so it, it, if you're going to watch them, watch them. Alex, I just found this out today. There's something called the despecialized editions of the original trilogy. <laughs> you need to look into this because yeah. what they've done is they've taken source material from, from the Blu-rays, from the originals and everything, and they've taken the original movies, but now they're in HD quality, basically. Oh, sweet. That's what I've always wanted. This, yeah, and it's like it's an underground project. You'd like get them through torrents or something like that. But it's this huge fan community, and they I don't keep... know what those are. <laughs> All right, well, go read about uh, them on the internet. Okay. And uh, it's pretty cool, and people like you can go download PDFs of like custom Blu-ray sleeves and everything like that. It's supposedly really cool. Nice. Um, I have so, to check that out. Go. Yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's tennis? Well, what's the one where chicks wail on each other? Foxy Boxy? <laughs> yes, that's what I wanted. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Millennium. Yeah, so probably the next time you hear our voices, we'll have uh, watched Force Awakens. We'll be really happy or really upset. Mm-hmm. It, probably somewhere. We'll have something to talk about. Yes. Um. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, wait, we got to pick a topic, or is that too far in advance? Uh, we could just surprise him. It's me. Yeah, so yeah, we got some special holiday specials Alex mentioned. That's code and, for Alex uh, doesn't have anything picked. 
I had something, but then I forgot. <laughs> this eggnog is good. And we'll be done with this Star Wars moment. So maybe we'll we'll discuss. We'll have a special talking about the movie, too. We'll have that out at some point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thanks for listening. Happy holidays. And uh, enjoy Star Wars if it's good. If not, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh my gosh, my dad was laughing at all the Jar Jars. It's like, oh man, we're going to have to put you in a home. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs>